benefits. He forgives. How about half of your iniquities? Well, I must have a, a reverse translation. No, there it is. Who forgives us all of our iniquities and heals about 67% of diseases. You sure it says all? Anyone ever, everyone ever looked at that word all? You know what it means? Y'all are smart. So he forgives all diseases and he, he heals all diseases. How do we know that? Because it's in the atonement. When, when, when you say God can heal, that means, I don't know, that might be, I mean, that, that, that might be, uh, you know, well, God can do anything. God can heal if he wants to. That's, a, that's a, an offensive statement. You see, when Jesus went to the, the cross and before that, the whipping post, and you said he could if he wanted to. No, when he forgave us our sins, he also healed us of all diseases. He, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. It was the chastisement of our peace that was upon him, and by his stripes ye were healed. All right? He redeems your life from destruction. Thank God for that. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. Hallelujah. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. He executes righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. You've been feeling oppressed lately? It's about to change. He's made known his ways unto Moses. His acts unto the children of Israel. Your Lord, he's merciful. He's gracious. He's slow to anger. And he's plenteous in mercy. Verse 10. He has not dealt with you after your sins. No one let the church know, did they? <laughs> church I grew up in didn't know that verse was in there. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to your sins or iniquities. In other words, he's not paying you back. I know Grammy said he's going to get you. <laughs> How many of you had a grandmother kind of like mine? Now God's going to get you for that. Yeah. But look at this, verse 11. For as, for as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him or worship him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgression from us. That last time you missed it, it's so far away. As far as the east is from the west. Hmm. Like a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him, worship him, exalt him. For he knows our frame, and he remembers that we are dust. And as for a man, his days are as grass as the flowers of the field. So he flourisheth. For the wind passes over it and is gone, and the place thereof shall, know, shall it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from church till it starts till church gets out. <laughs> so, so you want me to preach a little bit or a long time? <laughs> you know, clock in, clock out. The mercy of the Lord is from when? And to them that fear him and his righteousness to his children's children. 
to such as keep his covenant to those that remember his commandments to do them. The Lord hath repaired his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments. These angels, what do they do? They hearken unto the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his host, and you ministers of his that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works at all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. I want, to go, I want you to go back and just see something um, in, in the Psalms 102. Verse 12 says, But thou, Lord, shall endure forever in thy remembrance unto all generations. For thou shalt arise, and you'll have mercy upon Zion, which is always, generally always, many times is symbolic of the church. For the time to favor her, yea, the set time. King James says set time. The time to favor the church the set time, Amen. Thank it's come. Amen. Amen. It's here. Yes. The set time, you ever made an appointment for anything? They give you a, a time, right? You go into a dentist or have your hair done or seeing attorney, whoever, you know. They give you an appointment. Now, in the medical field, it don't work that way. They give you time, but it ain't set. <laughs> it's set for you to show up, and about 45 minutes to an hour later, you might get in the back and then wait 30 more minutes to come to your room. But anyway, that's not really part of today's sermon. But we're in a, we're in a, in a season. We're in a time. I know that because he told me. I just about can't, I'm almost like a kid in a candy shop, but I just don't like to take care of the Lord. Now, I, I want to read a verse to you, and I'm just kind of, I'm going to kind of pull it out of the chapter, but we're going to, not today, but we're going to get back and talk more about this chapter. I'm just going to give you what he gave me. Is that all right? Yeah. I think it's always better for who, when someone's ministering to go to the Lord and, and, and get what he's saying for that time to that people. Amen. Right? Because all the words true, right, all the time. But there are times and seasons where, where God is enunciating certain things. Just like in the natural, um, this is not the time to really plant a garden. Have you noticed? It's, in a few more days, it's going to be the season of winter. This week, uh, this week it felt like it, right? And it's still the fall of the year. But it felt cold in fall, but really it felt like winter, right? So we, we, we understand the, the seasons and the times and what they look like in, in just the natural weather, but we need to understand the seasons and times that God has laid before us. Now, um, go with me to 1 Chronicles 12, 1 Chronicles 12 and verse 32. 
set time. Glad that y'all here today. Praise the Lord. The newest addition of my family is on the back row over there. If you want to see that little baby right there, praise the Lord. I got a, I've only got 200 pictures on my phone. <laughs> Another little girl to spoil, then give her back to her parents. With a girl grandbaby, it's hard to say no, ain't it? It's just, so when they say, Papa, can I? Yes. But you ain't heard the question. I don't need to hear it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they can tell her no at home. <laughs> uh, she's a blessing. You find it? First Chronicles 12, 32. Men of Issachar, not Issachar, but Issachar, who understand the times and knew Israel what they should do. 200 chiefs with all their relatives under their command. In, in, in a general term, this is talking about David and his mighty army. Remember how we've kind of always alluded to in, about uh, the cave of Dulem when Dave, David had been anointed king but he wasn't going to be king for a number of years. And Saul, his father-in-law, seeking for his life to actually to kill him. And, and David is hiding in the cave of Dulem. And it, and it said that, you know, that they came by the hundreds. People that had heard that David was in hiding. And some of them, were, it kind of gave us a category of people that was discontented and discouraged and depressed. And they came. And, they, and, and, and the scripture says then David became a captain over them. And God raised up a tremendous army, the likes of, it's hard to even compared to anything, anywhere you read in the scriptures. These are these people. So it says that these men, they understood the times and they knew what Israel should be doing. It's important that you understand the time and season and what you are and what your function is at that time. It's important to understand, now listen, it's important to under, that we understand as people, individually and corporate, what, what the Lord is doing, what God is doing, what God is emphasizing in the earth today. Amen. I mean, if you want to get in and watch the blessing of the Lord, just see what he's emphasizing. Watch and look and pray and see what God is emphasizing. So it's important to know the season that we're in. And the word of the Lord given to me, he said, this is a season of increase. Now, I'll give you the scripture later on he gave me. Because I was, I drew an analysis a while ago, and I wasn't actually knitting, you understand, or crocheting, that's, that's not. That's, but I, I was on a whole different track, just, actually just reading the scriptures. Wasn't studying for anything, just reading the scriptures. I kind of like to read the Bible. <laughs> it's a what? It's a good book. We, we, we would like to uh, encourage you to pick one up every now and then and read it. 
And so, uh, and I'm just playing with y'all. So, I, I was doing this, and then the situation happened. I'll talk about it later, and I'll give you the scripture he gave me. But this is what he says. This is a season of increase. Released upon you the spirit of increase. Now, it's, it's, it's of the word, so it's, it's 365 every day. But there's, a, there's an emphasis for us, for you. And Revelation, you keep, you keep finding this phrase. In the whole book of Revelation, you, you, you see this phrase several times. The Spirit of the Lord will say to the churches. Are you listening? He says, do you hear because the Spirit of the Lord is saying this to the church? Mark 4 tells us to take heed what you hear because how you hear will determine how you, what you see and what you see and what you know. And the more that you would give weight to that which you hear and receive it, he said that's the same way that will be measured back to you and upon you. Okay? So say that with me. This is a season of increase upon me, my family, my church. The season of increase. So we proclaim increase. We also will prophesy increase. We will also prepare for increase. We will also position ourselves for increase. And we are now making plans for increase. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're people of faith. We walk by faith. But sometimes God lets us get in the feeling department. You ever, you, you ever just was able to feel the anointing or feel the presence of God on your fleshly tabernacle? I mean, this is one of the main reasons why this body can't go to heaven. It can't handle it. I mean, God knew what the physical body could take and not take. You know, and if you're having trouble with it on earth right now, I know it can't take heaven. Amen. See, see, but, and, and that's why you'll have a, that's why you'll have a, uh, you'll have a, a body, a spirit body just like Jesus because we're made of him. And the same body that he has in glory is the same body you'll have in glory. And I don't want to preach all that, but there's, the, the, the contrast will be the same. After his resurrection, when he appeared to them, you know, he talked with them, so, he t so the, a, a spirit body talks, obviously. He ate with them, so that means in heaven that you're going to eat. That's a, good, that's a good thought. That's right. I've only known two people in my lifetime that tell me they don't like to eat. They just have to to stay alive. They say, well, I say you don't like anything? No, just, I, just hate to, I just hate to have to eat. And I said, anything? Anything. But I have to to stay alive. That's a devil. And when you eat enough of three people, that's a devil. <laughs> and I won't tell you what to draw the line today. <laughs> but anyway, 
So we'll have the same body. Now remember, when Jesus also appeared to the disciples, he also walked through the wall. Remember? He, he appeared to them, and, and he talked to Thomas. Because Thomas said, I won't believe unless I see him. i got to put my hands where the nails were and where they pierced him. Unless I see him and touch those places, I won't believe. So he walked through the wall, walked to him. He said, touch. He said, do you believe? Yes, Lord. He said, well, blessed are those who didn't see, but they believed anyway. Well, so, so you'll have the same type of body in heaven. Uh, <clears throat> I, I just suppose there'll be no need for transportation in heaven. They might be there for recreation. Uh, in other words, I don't know if there'll be any cabs or cars or anything like this or chariots. that They might be there for recreation. I think it'll be more just you decide to go there and you'll be there. And probably for the first couple hundred years until it kind of wears off a little bit, we'll probably enjoy walking through the wall. <laughs> you know, especially go to someone's house and say, yeah, I was coming. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> Won't do no good for them to lock their door. <laughs> just because you're there. These are just things I think about sometimes. <laughs> anyway. How many like the idea of eating in heaven? How many like the idea of walking through walls? How many is undecided? Well, good. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> and so, uh, yeah, because, I mean, you know, uh, well, we know heaven is 1,500 feet square, right? Tall, left, right. If it were like a box, and we learned some things from Hilton Sutton, it might even have three or four floors to it. 1,500 miles, 1,500 miles, 1,500 miles. And so to, so to get around, you know, We'll just use that body and we'll just be transported. You know, it's, you'll probably, if you like, you'll probably have more than one home. How many like to have a home at the beach? How many of that is going to be your home? <laughs> Some of you might want a condo. Now, these will be heavenly condos. You know, some of you might want to live in the city. Some of you want to live in the country, don't you? Oh, yeah, I got some country folks here, I can tell. Yeah, how many going to live in the mountains or have a mountain home? Amen. How many going to live right next to your mother-in-law? No, I was kidding. <laughs> Praise God. My mother-in-law always told me the same thing. And I'm glad to say that she always told me in the night before she went to heaven, uh, before she, she kind of, you know, went into a coma the last few hours. And uh, we was at the hospital, and, and I was getting ready to leave, and she was, uh, Miss Mary always loved jokes. She was always telling me John Osteen, or Joe Osteen's jokes all the time. And she just loved a good joke. So I was getting ready to leave, and she said, uh, she said, hey. And I said, yes, ma'am. She said, you know that you are my favorite son-in-law. I said, yes, ma'am. I walked a little bit further, and she said, hey. She said, you know you're my only son-in-law. <laughs> I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> so I really don't know how well I was doing. <laughs> she probably had an opinion, though. Hallelujah. Well, so this is the season of increase. Now, when God proclaims a season or proclaims a word over you, 
Remember when we was in Hebrews 4, talking about unbelief last week and about how people wouldn't take the word and mix it. And then we talked about even like uh, Peter coming out of the boat. We talked about when God gives you a directive or command, there's an enablement to do it. So when God speaks the word to you, the, the ability to walk in it and walk, at, walk, walk it out through that word is the enablement to do it. So when the pro prophetical word comes from him to you, if you receive it, the ability to do or to be that is already in the word or in the command. Now, uh, so let's go here. We're already in Psalms. So I was kind of doing the cross-stitch thing. You understand what I'm saying? And I had this overwhelming desire to start praying in the Spirit. Within a few seconds, I found it better not to be in a chair, but to be towards the floor. Within just moments, and, I, and everybody would here would know the difference if you pray in the Spirit. The scriptures talks about there's diverse types of tongues. I was in a different dialect and tongue that, than, than I'm familiar with. And I, I knew within seconds. Has that, that ever happened to anybody? You, you, you pray in tongues and all of a sudden a, 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 a diver tongue, a, different to you. You begin to speak. Sometimes it comes, for, for me, it just, it's just like I couldn't, the words were coming faster than I could physically get them out of, a, out of my mouth. And it took on a different, I don't know if, if authority is the right word, it, but it was definitely different. And, this is, and then this is what he said to me. He said, I want to speak to you a word for this season out of my word. Then he shared three things with me that I'm not at liberty to share at this moment. And he said, turn to Psalms 115. He reminded me of, of through 20-something years of ministry, and gave me, brought these things to my remembrance of things that, I don't, I don't know about you, just know about me, so I won't talk, I won't talk about you, but uh, most everything that I've ever been asked or told to do by the Lord was impossible in the natural realm. That worked away with some of y'all? There was only a few times that he said, go do this, and I could look around and see that we had the resources to do it. Just say, okay, I'll take care of that right now. Most of the time, he would say, go here, do this. And he said, okay. Well, hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. In other words, if I were to say to you, prepare, I have some friends coming over to your house today, and we'd like you to have supper for them. Be at your house at 5 o'clock. There'll only be 400 of us. Uh-huh. That presents a problem for most people, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. So sometimes equivalent to that, you know, God told Moses, he said, now I want you, you're 80 years old, I want you to go back to Egypt, and I want you to get all three million of my children and get them out of there. Uh-huh. Well, see, when I was there last time, and notice he didn't say y'all, he said you. And, it, and Moses asked a few questions, and he said, well, you know, how am I going to carry that out? I'm going to go in there and demand 
you let go of three million free employees. And I'm gonna, and you gonna give me what? Oh, you gonna give me a stick? <laughs> a stick? Yeah, that ought to work. <laughs> so the natural mind is like, you see what I'm saying? And that can happen to all of us and does. So it, it, it's all by faith, and then there's, there's direction. What God does is he comes and he plants the seed. And the seed many times is the prophetical word or it's the word of God itself. And he plants the seed and he puts it into your heart and for your mind to chew on. But in the seed, in the seed that he plants in you is the harvest. It's inherent in the seed. Just like there's a, there's a, in, in any type of fruit or vegetable, the, the, the harvest of it is in the seed. True? So when God gives you the word, Luke 8 says the word is the seed. And the seed is the harvest if it's planted right and taken care of properly. So he said, I want you, after I went through this time of diverse tongues and speaking out this word, there was a, I, I interpreted it. I won't get into that. He said, I want you to go, I want to speak a word to you and to the people of Grace Life Church and to the church. And I want you to speak it out of the word. And I want you to stay with this until I tell you otherwise. So, uh, <clears throat> verse 11 says, Ye that fear the Lord, which means trust, honor, worship, exalt, these kind of things. Trust in Him. Trust in Him. That's easy to say. Well, just trust in the Lord. Just put your trust in Him. Yeah, but they're going to repossess my house. Well, just trust in the Lord. Hmm? Well, they're going to, the doctor says, well, yeah, well, just trust in the Lord. Hmm? Well, <clears throat> he, but He's your help and He's your shield. Now, the word we're going to, obviously, I'm sure you are see what it is, but what, the, the word is, is from 12 to 15 or 16. So he said, actually, I, I, I interpreted this. The, the diver tongue came when I was on the floor, and I, then I had the interpretation, and what the interpretation was the scripture, and then... This is what it was. It, so, he, I, so I'm reading this, but I'm declaring it over you as he has declared it. The Lord is mindful of you. He will bless you. Amen. Now, I know we've already been blessed with every spiritual blessing. I mean, we're, so we're not like, we're not blessed and now we will be. But can you understand the the bigness of what I'm trying to say here. I, we, we are blessed already. Amen? Uh, Solomon was blessed. He was the wealthiest man in the world. But, but they came and brought billions of dollars to the temple, and he was even more blessed. All right, now watch here. God is mindful of you. I, I'm just talking to you right now. You say, well, that's all of us. Yeah, but I'm talking to you. 
You are on you are on his mind. Say that with me. I am on the mind of God. He is mindful of me. His thoughts are of me. Now he will bless the house of Israel and he will bless the house of Aaron. 13, he will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. Now remember, the, the ability to do something is in the word that instructs you. That's the enablement to do it. When he said, can I come to you on the water? He said, come. Where was the ability to, to walk on water? In that word. The Lord is speaking over you a word this morning. I'm not teaching a Bible lesson. I'm delivering a word. Okay? There's a difference. Nothing wrong with teaching the Bible lesson. We do that. We'll do that. I'm, I'm proclaiming a word to you. He will bless them, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you. You and your children. See, God never wants anything lost of a generation. He wants it to go into the next generation, into the next generation. You are blessed of the Lord. We declare this over you right now. You are the blessed of the Lord which made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he gave to the children of men. He said, heaven is mine, I'm giving you the earth. You say, but I live in Jemison. Well, that's part of earth. Right? But he said earth. That's a stretch. Now, let's, now let's just talk about this a little bit. Can we just take a few minutes to, you know, we, we got this really good steak right here. I mean a good steak. We are right now sitting at Sheila's. Everybody ever been to Sheila's? You're going to need some money. I'm just going to tell you. If you go in there with two people with $50, I don't know, you can get you some drinks and an appetizer. How many, how many have never been to Sheila's Steakhouse at the gallery? You need, you need a couple, what, about $150 for two, two people. And you'll know why God made a cow. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, it's, uh, I think, 3 or 5% of the meat in, in America can be used that fits, you know, the, their inspection of saying, yeah, well, this qualifies to be served at the restaurant. And, you know, I don't know, the first time I ate one of them steaks, I went real slow. Because I'm like, you know, what is this, like, $14 a bite or what? You know, it's just like, <laughs> but, uh, but it was good. It was good. You say, well, I ate down here at, uh, and I don't mean to put nothing off, but I'm just saying, down here by Jack's. Don't, let's don't call their name, praise the Lord. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, the restaurant down at the bottom of the hill. Steak for two for 24. It, it, it may come off a cow, but I don't know what the cow looked like. <laughs> 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 it 
but uh, this is this is a fine piece of meat. When you when you pick a trimming, when you pick a trimming like whatever you you know go aside, they're like anywhere from twelve to fifteen dollars used to be a piece. Like if you want asparagus or spears or whatever it is, uh, just that, just them the spears are like fourteen dollars. I'm thinking, well, how did y'all spear the price? It's just spears. I guess they touched that cow. I don't know what it was. <laughs> but it's really good. It's really good. And uh, <clears throat> would make a good gift card for somebody. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm playing. All right, now watch here. He shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Okay. Now, the, uh, so I, I immediately, the teacher part of me, wants to know for sure what God's saying to me. So I looked up the word increase. And I don't know if this is the correct pronunciation, you know, in Hebrew, but it seems like it's Rabbah, R-A-B-A-H. Maybe Rabbah, Rabbah, doesn't really matter. But it just simply means what you think it means. So the Hebrew, if you were a Hebrew person or a scholar, or if you read Hebrew, the Bible in Hebrew, when, when God would say, I speak increase upon you, it would God, he, would, he would be pronouncing a blessing upon you. Now, the, the blessing of the Lord, which you understand, is the empowerment of God to prosper. It's God empowering you to prosper. So the, to, to do that, he has to empower you to increase. So when he speaks the word of increase to you, he is saying, this is, what I'm, this is my plan for you. I'm going to multiply you. You're going to grow greater in all areas. Amen. You will experience abundance to excel. Just looking up the Hebrew word. You will grow in your authority. You shall now become numerous. You will now be enhanced. You will grow in value. Somebody's trying to write this down. I saw it go. It means to multiply, to grow greater in all areas, abundance to excel, to grow in authority. To become numerous, to be enhanced, to grow in value. You ready for the next one? To be enlarged in scope and territory, Mr. Matt. And I like the last one. When God pronounces the spirit of increase upon you, the Hebrew word increase, and the last one it gave was, make ready now for new opportunities for growth and abundance. Make ready for a new opportunity for growth and abundance.
So we know that God has always created, and he created mankind with the, uh, with the uh, power and potential for increase. We, we know that. We won't turn there. But Genesis 1.22 says, well, really was the blessing from creation. Genesis 1.22, you want to turn this. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, which is increase. Fill the waters in the seas and let the, the birds or the fowl of the words multiply, which is increase on the earth. Let's just get this answer a little bit. Say with me, say, I'm blessed with the commandment to increase. I have now been empowered with a word from God to prosper, to multiply, to grow greater, to excel, to grow in my authority. To become numerous, numerous. enhanced, Enhanced. to grow in value, value. to enlarge in a scope scope. or territory. territory. I'm now now ready ready. for a new opportunity opportunity. for growth and abundance. abundance. That's me. me. Now, just, just some simple things, and we won't go too far this morning. Increase always requires change. Doesn't it? Doesn't it, Candace? When you bring, when you increase your household, it changes your household, doesn't it? (laughs) When you bring a baby home, they're the smallest person in the home, but they are in charge. (laughs) Right? They determine when they're going to eat. And they determine when you sleep. Someone under 10 pounds in complete authority. But it requires a change of thinking and a change of of believing. A taking inventory of such, of your thoughts and how you're thinking. Now you can you could quote the scripture and it's good. It's the scripture you can say. Well, I give and it's given unto me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, run over, shall men give into my bosom. It's the word of God. It's truth. But if you have a poverty mind and a poverty, poverty spirit, and you're just echoing those words, you see what I'm saying? Your, 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 your thinking doesn't match on the inside what you're saying on the outside. So you're getting what's on the inside. So you have to change your capacity to think and to see greater than you've seen before so that your outward experience and manifestation will look different as you need to see it differently on the inside. Proverbs 4, 23, just quote, write this down. It says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of your heart springs the issues of life. The word issues also can be used the word borders. Sometimes we have borders. Say so our land is on the borders, or this is the fence line, or this is sometimes how far we can go, or this is the boundaries of the sport, and we play within these boundaries. And you know, if you get outside the white line, you're if you you know you're not in bounds, you're out of bounds, and the play stopped right here when he's out of bounds, right? I mean, if you hit a foul ball, you know it goes, and you know it's, but it's still foul, and no points for that. 
we all have some type of limitation factors in us based on the information that we have accepted and received in life of how we thought and what and the, the people that we're connected to. And, and so many variables have determined what we see and what we believe and how we believe and as much as we're able to see. And God wants to increase that. He wants to enlarge your capacity to receive by enlarging your, 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 your thinking. Now, here's, here's a familiar story, uh, but it, it, it's one of the most amazing in, in the Scripture called the Bible. Go, go to 2 Chronicles 20. Are you all okay? Now, I, I, I remember what happened to us, just to encourage you a little bit. Because you can say, well, you know, uh, when I see something, I'll believe it. Well, you won't be seeing much, Thomas. 1998 was a terrible year that Michelle and I had, personally and church-wise. It was terrible. When I say terrible, it was just, it was not a very fun year. Towards the end of 1998, in the financial realm, uh, there was things that had to change. And um, we went and talked to uh, our pastor, and some things had happened for a number of months. And we, so we were talking to him about this, and he said to me, he said, uh, he said, uh, are you listening to the word that I've been sending you, the tapes. He said, don't, 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 I, don't we send you tapes? I said, yes, sir. And I appreciate it. He said, well, are you listening to him? Well, it's not good to lie to your pastor in his office. And I said, uh, been a little busy, I guess. He says, doing what? You know, because when you went and saw him, you brought everything. Yeah. If he's going to counsel you on finances, he's going to be looking at your finances. So I had to bring all my personal finances with past registers, and I had to bring all the church for six months. And it's just like taking all your laundry and say, there it is. Brand and all. Free loom, huh? <laughs> or whatever it is. You know? And so he, he's sitting there looking at it. <clears throat> so... Uh, we, we had a conversation. When I say we had a conversation, I listened. He talked, which works better in counseling if, if you need help. Now, if you know everything, just go in there talking. But if you know everything, you don't probably need to be there. So he said, uh, he says, you haven't been listening to the tapes. He said, did, did you even look at the titles of them when you, when you got them in the mail? And I said, obviously not. And I apologize. He said, do you know what God's doing right now in the earth? In the church? That's an intimidating question to ask if you're a pastor being asked by a pastor. So I just said, obviously not. <laughs> he said, well, then I'll tell you. And I was thinking, thank God. <laughs> That's that part. 1998. He said, the church is in a season of divine favor of, of God. And I said, it is. Because... <laughs> All I'm getting letters from is people, however they get your name, someone sells your name, it says, when, when you go bankrupt, use us. Like, it's like, when I go. 
These are ambulance chasers is what they are. And so I was getting these in weekly in, into the home. And so he said, uh, yeah, this, he said, there's a season of divine favor happening all over the, the church. He said, now, <clears throat> uh, I want you to come see me next week. But I'm giving you an assignment. He said, uh, whatever you got on your agenda, I want it all cleared. In other words, you say, well, I mean, he's, he's, he's saying, I'm, I want to help you, but this is your assignment. And if you're not going to do it, don't waste your time or mine. And I said, I'll do it. He said, all those tapes I sent you, I want you to listen to every one of them. He said, you should have 12 by now. He said, then I want you to, he said, I'm going to have the office in there give you Jerry Savelle's stuff on favor because he's preaching all over the world. And I want you to have listened to it. And there are several. He said, you have about 50 hours of listening to divine favor. And man. Well, at this point, I don't really care what it is. You know. And so I'm, I start listening to this word. And, and it's like, there's nothing in my life matching this. They're talking about divine favor. And mine's going all the other way. That ever happened to you? I had no clue God was doing what he was doing in the earth. I didn't know that the set time had come. I mean, there was an appointment that had been set, obviously, and I missed my appointment. So I began to get into the Word, and it, it began to get into my mind and my thinking. It, it began to get into my heart. Am I going weak here? No, I'm all right. And so... Um, not here, but yeah. Just. <laughs> and I began to listen to these tapes, and I began to absorb them. And I'm telling you, it, it didn't take very long to where just the spirit of that information began to get on, on me in a bigger way. You understand what I'm saying? Just the you know, the Bible talks about the spirit. I mean, you can be taught faith as a subject, but then Second Corinthians talks about there's a spirit of faith, mm-hmm. and it's contagious. And I began to absorb this material and absorb this material, and I went way past 50 hours. And you know how long it took for favor to start working? Less than 72 hours. I'm talking about big time. Big time. By the end of the week, by the end of the week, everything that was out of control was now controlled. Everything the bank wasn't going to do, it wanted to do. And so when I went back and I, and I prayed, or, and I went back and I saw a pastor, he said, uh, all right, now, now here's what we're going to do. He said, uh, he said you, you need a certain sum of money. He said, I'm going to pray, and the favor of God is going to be here. And he said, and... Is here now, and he says, and God's going to bring that sum of money when I pray over you. He's going to bring it. I said, okay. He said, are you ready? He says, are you sure this is the amount? Because I'm about to pray. And I, and I hate to say this, and I said, well, if it's really going to happen, let me change it real quick. Because <laughs> I've been under the barrel for a while, and it's like, you know, and I'm in an office that's more expensive than my home, and it's like, dear Lord. I didn't know they made crown molding from the top to the floor. <laughs> and is that back, waste basket, is it really gold? <laughs> you know, so it was a little intimidating to go in and throw your laundry out there. And, uh, 
<laughs> you know, so I said, well, if, if it's really going to happen, uh, let's talk a little bit longer. I said, let's change it to 25000 He said, that's all? I said, that's, that, that, that'll be, that's a good starting place. He said, 25000 it is. He grabbed my hand and prayed over there, and I'm telling you, in a week I had $25,000. Dear Lord. Praise God. I mean, it's coming out of everywhere. Before the word, it was coming nowhere. And the season, and favor was in season. It's like it's about winter, wearing a sweater, somebody else wearing a halter. I was like, that ain't the season, girl. <laughs> Go outside, you'll know that. But now I'm praying, I'm believing God. You see, 98. You know, I'm probably begging God. Who knows what I was doing back then? Your mind gets all messed up. I, I, I'm praying, I'm confessing scripture, I'm saying this, I'm, I'm determined, you know, having done all stand, uh, having done all stand. I mean, I like that scripture, but sometimes we stood way too long. <laughs> we stood and the blessing came, passed us and been gone for two years. And don't be too prideful about, I'm a good stander. Well, let's be a good receiver. Amen. We're willing to stand, but we're standing for something, aren't we? Huh? So it's harvest time. He declares over you a spirit of increase. So in 2 Chronicles 20, is what you have here is you have <clears throat> Jehoshaphat is, has got a negative report that there has been hired three armies greater than his to come together. Three armies to come together, marshal their forces together to destroy him and his people. And he gets the information. The first thing he does is he brings the people together and they begin to fast and they begin to pray. They begin to separate themselves, sanctify themselves, seek the Lord, talk to the Lord about this situation. And he knows naturally he has no ability, you know, to defend himself from three armies, naturally speaking. And this, and this he tells the Lord in the fast. He said, we have no might against this great strength that's coming upon us. He said, but, but he said, but this is good. He said, but our eyes are on you. I mean, naturally, I can't do this. Naturally, the vision that you're giving me, I have no natural ability to carry it out. I can't go do this naturally. I can't write the check for this. Physically, I can't go do this. But my eyes are on you. I'm looking to you. I have faith in you. You said I can do this. You're enabling me to do this. The, the anointing will, will destroy every yoke of bondage. Naturally, I can't do it. But I'm not going to walk in there naturally. I'm going to walk in there supernaturally. Amen. So they begin to, they begin to seek the Lord. And, and in this chapter, when you read it, you'll see that the Spirit of God comes on an individual. And he begins to prophesy. Remember, we talked about one thing, one component of increase is we're going to prophesy it. God's going to give us utterance by the Holy Ghost, and we're going to begin to prophesy and declare things. You know, faith calls for things that be not as though they were. Amen. 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 God gave us the seed. Amen. Thank God for the seed. When God gave you the seed, He gave you the farm. Amen. God gave you the authority. He gave you the ability to stand in that place and go to the next place. God put, is putting you in charge and giving you a seed. He's ordaining you. you, you you're the new sheriff in town. Amen. Come on now. Amen. And so the, here they are, and they're, they're seeking God, and he begins to speak to the people. And uh, 
they talk about a number of things here. And you can read that in verse 14. Came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he begins to say certain things. And then God begins to speak. Can I go just a little bit further? Y'all still with me? Am I boring you? It's too much? Can you handle a bit more? Verse 15, he said, Hearken you all Judea, and Judeans, uh, uh, inhabitants of Jerusalem, and now King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord. So out of this prayer, out of this consecration, out of this time of fasting, out of them seeking God concerning the situation, he speaks a prophetical word to them. He, and here's what the Lord says to him. He says, I hear you. You have three armies coming against you. No, you are no match for that type of strength. But here's what you need to know. Do not be afraid or dismayed by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not your battle, but my battle. Amen. Now, I, I, I don't know how it was when he said that. I don't know if everyone's hair was standing up on the back of their neck. I don't know if there was any signs or wonders. Doesn't say that there was. I mean, it, it helps. You know, I don't think they got a burning bush like Moses. He didn't say they had a burning bush. They just some guy that we never heard of stood up and said something. And everybody's like, y'all know who he is. Has he ever said anything come fast? Because this is like serious. <laughs> just like, I mean, in the realm of prophecy, is he accurate? I mean, this is serious. So this guy speaks, you know, and, and he says, there's no reason for us to be afraid or dismayed. Because of the situation that we have. God says the battle's not yours, but God's. Now watch this. But tomorrow, so see, there's plan. There's, there's preparation for the increase. God has a part. You see God's part. But then he, he gives you a part. Part of my part, when I went and saw a pastor that, back in 1998, he said, uh, I said, well, we have a way to, if we can consolidate some of this stuff. I said, I just waited too long and let my score get down too low, beacon score and all that to do anything, and now it's all ruined, and now they won't, they won't do the loan. I said, I have collateral. I just can't, I can bring all this in down to a much lower payment, make everything current. I said, but they won't make the, the loan. Now, he didn't ask me where I went to. So he began to pray, and then he began to prophesy. And, and, and God knows addresses and names. It, it's not just all Anon, the, hitherto, and all such as this. Uh, in his prophecy, he said, he said uh, uh, God said he wanted you to go to Regions Bank. They're going to make the loan. When he got through, <laughs> and you have to know him. He can, he can be a little rough on you. He said, uh, I said, I've already been there, and they won't do it. He said, I didn't ask you if you'd been there. <laughs> so I had to keep mine on the, on the crown molding. It's like, <laughs> the chariot desk. And, you know. He said, well, he said it like this. He said, did I ask you, had you been there? That's more how you done it. Because before ministry, he was a police investigator. And so counseling was more like, I don't think he thought, he, he, I don't think he ever saw himself this way, but counseling with him was more like interrogation. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. I knew a lot of pastors, and none of us want, ever want to get in that room. 
I don't know anyone who ever wanted in his room. No one. We would rather have the problem almost than have to go in there. He said, did I ask you, had you been to Reedy's? I know. Mm. It's like, okay. This is where I'm learning how to pastor, by the way, too. You know, because this is my example. And so I said, uh, no, sir. He said, um, go, go to the one in Clanton. And I started to say that was the one I went to, but I, now I ain't going to say nothing. I said, <laughs> I, was like, I said, oh, the one in Clanton. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Shane, who turned me down. Yeah, uh-huh, okay. I said, okay, I'll go right there. <laughs> he said, they're going to make the loan. I said, he's now let's pray. <clears throat> so he grabbed my hands and he prayed. And uh, I didn't feel anything. Don't know if he did. He said, all right, it's all taken care of. He says, any more problems? So not that I can think of. <laughs> but you know, I, I need thousands of dollars. I got collateral, I can't bring it all together. So can, can you see on the natural side, this is my side. So I go to the bank and I said, I see Mr. Shane so-and-so. Yeah, yeah, I sit right there. Well, he comes, I, I, just, I was just there last week. He said, I wish I could help you. He said, the, the, they're not gonna let me make this loan. He said, you should have come two or three months. We, we probably could have done it, but your score's too low. I can't do it now. He said, I, I'd get in trouble. So I went there, and he saw me. He says, he said, Eric, he's, come on back. He said, I didn't expect to see you so early or so soon. He said, well, <coughs> what, what you got? I was like, oh, well, same thing I had last week. you know." <laughs> now, naturally, I felt like a complete, total idiot. See what I'm saying? And God says, oh, then, 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 then three armies back there? He said, oh, don't worry about that. He's like, well, every time they move, we see the dust up above their head, <laughs> you know, and we hear armor. <laughs> we look at all of us and we, uh, don't worry about it. Ain't not a problem. Gotcha. <laughs> right? So he says, so what you got? And I said, well, I want to talk to you a little bit more about what we talked about last week. He said, oh, you mean the long week? I said, yeah. He said, well, we, we can't do that. I said, I, I, I hear you. I said, but I, I think maybe, I didn't know what to say. So I said, I think maybe I left some information out. He said, well, whatever you left out, it won't change your score. And I was like, oh. And I almost said, never mind. And I said, well, just, just give me two minutes. I'll never sit on the other side of a banker like that ever again. That'll never happen to me ever again. So I sat there and I said, uh, I had this, and if I could do this, you said the bank, I think back then you could, uh, from an in-house bank, you could borrow 70% of the, the appraisal. And I said, is that right? He said, yeah, 70%. And I said, that would pay off all this. It clear all of it up. You have 10 years of financial, I mean, of a credit report. If you see me having no problems, just kind of had an unusual year. So I have no history of, he says, that doesn't do well in a boardroom. And so he, and I said, well, I want you to just look at this. And I said, and see, uh, and I fooled with a calculator. And I said, this is about what the payment would be based on this kind of interest. And I said, you can see my income more than supplements that. And then uh, he was like, why, but why are you here? And I'll never forget this as long as I live. He sat there, I, I handed it to him. I had it all written out. It's, it's, it's the same information we looked at last week. 
But now I've done had 100 hours of believing the favor of God. You see what I'm saying? And uh, I mean, I didn't know Jerry Savelle was running all the world preaching favor of God. I had no idea. Everybody in the church was in the favor of God except for me. <laughs> and sadly, the people I was probably pastoring. And so I, I put it over there. And all of a sudden, this, I mean, within seconds, he's, he looked at it. And so I, I visibly saw his outward appearance change. I don't know how to really say that, but I, 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 I just watched something happen to him. And he was like, uh, and he sat there for about three minutes. He said, I, I'll, I'll be back in just a minute. And I could hear him out there just talking. He wasn't asking no one anything. And he came back. He sat in his chair, and he you know, did this, this number for a while. And, of course, on the inside, I was going, Should I come up again? Not slow, either. <laughs> Felt like you have to get a lot in. I don't know. It's just the stuff you do, you know. And so I shut up and go, oh, shit. And, and uh, so he said, uh, all of a sudden, he stood up and he said, well, I'm probably going to get fired for this. He said, I'm going to do this. He said, but that lamb's got a praise for this amount for you to get 70%. In other words, I needed $56,000. So the land had to be worth 80000 for 70% of it to get 56000 See what I'm saying? I hate I remember them figures. But anyway, <laughs> but so he was, uh, so the land had been appraised. So there was 20 acres of land. It needed to praise for $80,000. So it needed to be worth how much an acre? 44,000 acre times 20 would be $80,000, right? Mm -hmm. It had already been appraised for $1,600 an acre. So I was kind of excited at the same time. So I went and called this guy who had appraised it for someone else. And before I called him, uh, I prayed, which is always a good thing. And I talked about the favor of God, and, you know, I'm talking to myself, and I'm just saying this what God's saying. We're in a season of favor and divine favors upon us and all this. And uh, <clears throat> Job 22, 28 says, you should decide a, decide a thing. You should decide and de decree a matter. And then when you, when you make the decision, because decision is the place of power, so when you decide and then you decree it, you write it down and you speak it, it says, and then, not until then, but then shall the light of God's favor shine upon you. Shine upon you. <clears throat> so I called the appraiser, and I said, uh, I gave him just a small version of what was going on, just kind of having some issues. And uh, he said, uh, now what's your name? And I told him, he says, oh, he said, you, he said, you're the, you're the, you're the preacher. I was like, didn't want to bring that up. But anyway, he said, uh, I said, well, yeah. I said, how did you know that? He said, well, you have a church with a sign and all that, right? And I said, yeah. He said, let me look at that. He said, yeah, I, I think I praised that for some finance company one time. So he went over and looked on his little microfilm. He said, yeah, here it is, 1,670-something an acre. He says, um, so you're trying to, I told him, he said, well, what's it got to be to work? I said, well, <laughs> Got to be 4,000 acres. He got real quiet. He said, 
about a minute later. To me, it seemed like two years. He said, Reverend. I said, yes, sir. He said, that's some fine land, ain't it? I said, it is awesome. <laughs> we talking like the land of Canaan? <laughs> no road frontage, nothing, pasture. It's a fine land. You better know it is. He said, 20 acres. He said, that's what the bank needs, doesn't it? I said, yeah. He said, I don't see any problem. I said, well, if you don't see one. <laughs> and they said, you be like, you know, a kid, well, if mom says you can go, you can go, go ask dad. Well, daddy, well if daddy says I can go, and I, I can go, right? <laughs> but mama didn't always say nothing. You know. But anyway, so I went back to the bank, and, uh, and the banker, by this time, he was messing with me. He said, what did you pay him? I said, I didn't pay him anything. I said, he just, you know, hadn't appraised it a while. He said, yeah, I, I know when he appraised it eight months ago. <laughs> I said, I think they've uh, put, put up some new barbed wire out there. <laughs> anyway, he signed off on it. We paid off all these mean guys. I walked out with, uh, you know, about a four or five hundred dollar payment instead of like seventeen, eighteen hundred dollars. All that weight was off, and it's all the favor of God. All the favor of God. All the favor of God. And then we sold the land one day. And that was the favor of God. Yeah. Hallelujah. You ever try to sell land with no road frontage? I mean, you got 20 acres, but you got no one to sell it to. You say, well, we got some property, but you're going to need a helicopter. Because, <laughs> 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 you know, family owns it, and they don't want people driving. Now, I don't understand that, people through the yards and all that kind of stuff. So Michelle, she, Michelle said, I can do this. I said, how are you going to do it? She said, I'm going to find someone who wants to sell their property adjoining ours. I said, you are? She went down to the courthouse, and they pulled up all these people who owned property on the other side of the fence, all the way down 20 acres. And she just went down there calling, we got some property we want to sell. And people knew right away, would you sell us a right away? Or would you want to sell some property? And one couple down there said, the best place to get into it, the best place, said, we have 10 acres, we've been thinking about selling, but we don't know if we will. Well, they end up selling they're 10 acres. So the couple said, yeah, we want your 20 and we'll take their 10. That, that, that'd be amazing if it was somewhere else, but this is in Verbena. <laughs> Anybody got a hankering for 30 acres in Verbena? <laughs> With no road frontage? <coughs> Hallelujah. And Andrew, who comes to church here, bought that land. Barbara told her about it. And she said, oh, yeah, we love farms. We love cows and horses and chickens. <laughs> I was like, you do? We just need land. I said, well, we got some. <laughs> <laughs> you need some place to raise chickens? We got lots of places for chickens. <laughs> I mean, they can just do their stuff everywhere. Hallelujah. So God knows how to get you there. Now watch this. And we'll finish right here. So he, so he gives a word, but then he gives you an instruction. Right? All right, let's hurry up. Don't fight. He says, you don't have to fight. Verse 17, this battle. Set yourself. No, no, no. Verse 16. Here's their instruction. 
coming out of this battle will not be your battle, it will be my battle. But this, this is their instruction. But tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. I've always liked that verse. Not that I'm surprised, but I just like it that our God knows where your enemy is going to be tomorrow. And I, I imagine he probably has insight for a couple of three days. You think? He said, verse 16, Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they come up cliffs as is, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the witness of Jeruel. But, you, he, but he reemphasizes the next verse, You do not need to fight in this battle. Set yourself, stand, be still, and then you will see the salvation of the Lord with you. Go down to meet them. This is where they're going to be. It sounds like war, doesn't it? He says, now there's three armies. Go down there and face them tomorrow. But don't fight. And this is where you're going to get your increase. Don't fight for your increase. Just go down there, and I'm going to give you a ringside seat, and I'm going to bring the increase to you. But this is where you'll need to go. I mean, you need to be here. So, see, I, I wasn't in favor. I was over in no, no, no favor. I had to be brought over here to understand the season of what God was doing, what belonged to us. I had to embrace it, accept it, receive it, and declare it, and prophesy it, and say it's mine before I saw it, before I saw it working. So, he says, so go down to the mar, and he says, and I'll be with you. Verse 18, Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judea and the heavens of Jerusalem, they fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites and the children of the Kohathites and the children of the Korathites, they stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning, and they went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa, and they went forth. Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hearken ye, O Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God. If you believe in the Lord your God, you're going to be established. If you believe the prophet who spoke to you, you'll prosper. Today I'll be the prophet. Now, now here's where it gets really wild. Now, God is the general of all generals. If he's going to fight, he knows how to fight, right? This is how God fights a battle. This is his plan. And when he consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, that they should praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. This is the battle plan. Appointing singers. I'm thinking, you got a nine millimeter? You got, you got, you know, got uh, singers. Singers? Three armies. Uh, singers. Oh, boy. Believe in the Lord your God, you'll be established. Believe in the prophet, You'll prosper. <clears throat> and so this is what they did. Verse 22. And when they began to sing, and when they began to praise, no, no, notice God didn't do anything until they began to sing, until they began to praise. Notice this is their part again. Instructions falling with an action. If God was playing checkers, he would say, your move. Because God never moves out of turn. 
Hmm? And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set an ambushment against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which when they were come against Judah, they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they made the end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. In other words, the armies fought each other. They turned on each other. Devils turn on devils. Where are they at? Sitting here with a ringside seat. And they were just like, raise the roof. <laughs> you know, and I imagine after they saw them killing each other, they're like, uh huh, mm-hmm. a little to the left, a little to the right. <laughs> I, I don't know what all they were doing, but, but I bet they got a happy praise going on, like a happy song. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, and they're just sitting there watching it. It's like, uh, yeah, you mess with us, huh? <laughs> Three of y'all. You and your mama. Yeah. And they were all smitten. Now, watch this. So they helped to destroy one another. And when Judah came together, the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked into the multitude, and behold, there were dead bodies falling to the earth, and not one of them escaped. Not one got out. Not one unpaid bill survived. You see? Killed Citibank. Kill that belt card. Visa and MasterCard. Drown. And that house mortgage said, but I'm strong. And the Lord said, I'm stronger. Hmm. Why? Because the Lord spoke a word over you of increase. And when he did, the enablement to do it, walking is in the word. And when you received it, you believed the Lord. He established you in it because you believed it. He likes to be believed. If you don't believe so, ask Abraham. He, when he believed him, he said, that boy's right with me now. He said, count that. When, when, when he believed that, he said, look at him. Look at him, Jesus. He's 100 years old. And look at her. They look like two prunes in a basket. He said, but they believe you. He said, watch here. And it wasn't immaculate. You know, the, 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 only Jesus was born this way, right? So that means they fathered a child, a hundred-year-old man. I, I, I'm just—I'm not trying to be. I'm just saying something happened to the hundred-year-old man that wasn't happening last Friday. <laughs> I mean, this wasn't—you know—this wasn't Jesus being pregnant, but this is a hundred-year-old man. I bet she said, w- "What you doing?" <laughs> he said, "The set times here." <laughs> Y'all don't ever think about stuff like that? I mean, how do you think Isaac got here? He didn't come in through it by a catalog sale. They had a child. They, do what, they had to do what you do to have children, right? A hundred-year-old man. They no little blue pills nowhere. Ain't no shots. And there's no injections. Huh? The spirit of might come on that old man. Ho! I bet she ran for a while and he chased her down. He said, we're fixing to have us an Isaac. What's Isaac's name? 
Laughter. <laughs> because she laughed when God said, about this time next year, you're going to have a son. See, that came, the, the, the ability to have a child next year comes in what? It comes before anything happens. Then you decide, I don't know if I'm about that. Ooh. But if you just say, I don't know how you're going to do this, that's a lot stronger than I am naturally. I'm just going to bleep. I'm going to talk like it's true. Now, I ain't speaking to no baby with no hundred. I don't want one. <laughs> Not a hundred. We want to love them. Give me some money. Bye now. <laughs> right? Just a little bit longer. You know what I'm talking about. What verse are we on? 24. Now watch you. So there's dead bodies. There's dead credit cards. House mortgage is falling. Huh? Now when Jehoshaphat, verse 25, y'all ready? And his people came to take away the spoil that was left after this, right? See? They found themselves in abundance, both riches with the dead bodies. They found these precious jewels that they stripped off for themselves. There was more wealth, more jewels, more riches in abundance. They were so much they couldn't carry it away. I mean, it's like, use us when you go bankrupt. Next day, altogether different. Altogether different. Altogether different. Came from a word, right? Now watch here. They stripped us off of these dead people. They so much jewels, so much abundance, so much wealth, so much silver, so much gold, they couldn't carry it away. Matter of fact, it took this an army three days to gather up the spoil. It was so great. What are we going to do in the next three days? Pick up jewels, <laughs> gold, huh? All the spoils. Three days. I mean, they wasn't scrapping over something, you know, find a little shiny. It, it, it's everywhere. It takes a whole army three days around the clock to pick up they so much spoils. You'd have to change your thinking. See, if you've been struggling, then you're trying to survive. God didn't call you to survive. He called you to thrive. That means you've got to get rid of a survival mentality. And you've got to take on a bigness. You've got to stretch your capacity to receive more than you've ever seen before, ever thought, ever asked for. Now why? Because it is tied to your assignment. To go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's not just for us. You get blessed it. You get blessed in it. Your family gets blessed in it. That's part of your covenant. But it's tied to your assignment. Amen. When you understand that, if you're a business person, you understand that. When I, when, when I was running the business, I did, I, I, I did the same thing. I kept up a, a spreadsheet of every job that we did. And on the spreadsheet, it had a Smith job, Mims job, Franklin job, George job, and I put the materials, and I put, uh, I put the labor, and I put the taxes, and I put the shipping. I put everything that was a cost, and then it came down to the pl place of total profit. 
every job. Something straight out the door. Sold a bucket of glue. Well, it cost this much. We sold it for this. Here's the net profit. I had my accountant come up with it and say, what's our net profit of this company? And he gave me, he said, you're, you're, you know, because everything that you're doing is not a profit. In other words, when I was buying carpet, that wasn't profit. I was having to buy the carpet, buy the padding, buy this, buy the flooring. And I'm paying installers, that wasn't a profit. I'm talking about the profit, strip all that away. This is what we made. Then every week, when Michelle and I would tithe, we had a salary for, for managing this company. That was our salary. This is just how I did it. We had a salary for running that company. Whether it was a great week or a bad week, this was our salary. But that wasn't the profit of our company. Because you can get lost in, well, we're having to buy this and fix this and repair this and buy more of this and, and all that. But you're buying stuff out of your profits. So my accountant said, your, your, your net profit after your overhead is this much. And so every week or biweekly or sometimes monthly, we would just write a, a check for a, the net profit. Had nothing to do with our salary. Because that's, that's what a person working for ABC does. They, 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 this is my tithe. But it's not a business person. But what, but I, what I understood was, what I understood was, I, I'm in business to prosper. Increase. To bring the increase into the house of God. Right? right? For the vision that God, at that time, where I was going, had given the man of God. Amen. And it thrilled me. It just take that, well, this is, Man, God bless it this week. I mean, here's my tithe. This is personal. You know, I've watched people do it other ways. It's like, well, you know, I'm paying my house, paying me now this and all this kind of stuff. And actually, we only make $200 a week. It's like, you got $200,000 in your, and your income's 40000 No. Well, it wasn't being legalistic. It was just acknowledging that, you know, that we were given the tithe off the increase. Amen. And it's funny why you, when you say tithe in church, it gets real quiet. It does. It, it, it just gets so quiet. And if it scares you, it's because you're lack-minded. And, and you, you get this check in, and you know it's not enough, and you don't need anything else telling you about taking more another avenue. That just means that we haven't made God our source yet and our supply. That we haven't trusted him to the place that we're trusting him with 100% of our salvation. And you've never seen him or heaven. You've never seen the gates. But you believe. We're trusting God with 100% of our life and eternity, but sometimes have a hard time trusting with 10%. In my heart, it all belongs to Him. Hmm? This is the starting place. This is not the finish line. This, the 10% is the starting place. It's a place that He gives me that I can be, I can show my obedience to Him when I when I when I give my tithe or pay the tithe. I'm just returning to the Lord what belongs to him. Right? right? I'm not giving him anything. I'm just returning. He said, he said, the tithe is the Lord's. It's not in question whether I can afford it. It's not even yours. If you're a Christian, you're a believer. The tithe, the 10%, doesn't even belong to you. Now, you're a free will person. You can do whatever you want to. It's, it's my job. It's my calling to instruct you in the ways of the Lord and in the words of the Lord. The, the tithe belongs to the Lord's. The 10%. And then, then we give offerings. You say, well, I can't afford that. He knows that. 
That's where he wants to work in your money. He wants to work in your life because your, your life is tied to this. Amen. Some people are so afraid of money. They're, 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 they're terrified of money. They have all kind of stuff and they're terrified of money because, because you don't have, you don't have the, the freedom to write a check because you're, on the inside you're afraid there'll be shortage. It's in all of us to a degree. It just depends on what field you're playing on. I mean, you might be comfortable at this place, but, to go to the, but, but you want to go to the next place, Lord. You want to increase, but everything about you has to increase in that. A lot of times what Michelle and I would do is we would tithe on the income we wanted to make. We wasn't pulling a con on job. We, could, we, we just saw ourselves here instead of here. So we started tithing at this place. It made it much easier for me to see that happening. When, when that money came to us years ago and our kids were small, when there had been so much calamity in the house, for several months financially. Michelle was given, back then, 98, she was given $1,000 because it, it was coming from all kinds of places. She was given $1,000. First thing she did with it, because all the bills are paid now, everything's caught up. We're current with everything at this point, right? She gets $1,000. First thing she does, she writes a tithe and an offering. Sets that aside, which is scripture, right? Take, take this that's holy and consecrated, take it out of your stuff, because it's not, and you put it over here. Not tithe if there's anything left. Give anything, it, it's the first and the best. See, you're hoping that God gives you his first and best. But why don't you? Why don't you take on that integrity that God has? I'm not speaking to anyone specifically. I'm just saying it just in teaching. But why don't we give him off the first and the best? Hmm? Got quiet again, this Presbyterian church. <laughs> so we, we set it aside. So she said, uh, and, and, and we need lots of stuff. So she said, uh, all right. So she got all the kids in the van. She said, all right, we're going to go out to eat tonight. That was a new word at our house, going anywhere to eat. That year it was. And so we went to, and uh, because this had been going on so long with me, I was like, oh, we, well, we just need to, we, we need to be good stewards. And that's true, too. But see, it can be out of fear and not freedom. And she said, well, this was given to me. That is yours. This was given to me. To me, I have given the tithe, I've already wrote the check, and I will give it at that time. This is what I decide from here. I thought, well, you better watch what you're saying. <laughs> 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 so we in the van, so we went to the Galleria. We went to the Galleria, this is years ago, 1998. And uh, all the kids needed shoes. But see, what I'm saying is, when you've had this mentality for a while, it gets entrenched in you. It has its claws in you. So, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to get some shoes. So I'm going over here to the bargain price. She said, they want these over here. And I said, oh, no, we don't want to do that. I said, she said, this is mine. 
This is not yours. Well, so I went over and I was, we looked at the shoes and I thought, 1998, I said, I forget the prices. And I thought, you know, and, and a kid is just like a human. When I ran and managed the carpet store, when I ran and managed the carpet store, and they just walked in there, you saw samples, they weren't priced. And I'm telling you, a woman has the ability. Yes, ma'am. She can find the most expensive thing in the store. She don't even have to know it is expensive. She can walk right to it and say, that's it. And I'm thinking, <laughs> they go with your man. Because <laughs> when we, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Brian. So, I mean, it's pretty here in the store, but when we multiply by the square footage, it may get to looking ugly. <laughs> and so, uh, to them, it's just something to walk on. And that's true, and I'm all for it. <laughs> well, we don't want to waste a lot of time here. This time, this square footage will be this. And so, uh, so I asked the kids, I said, you really like that? And they said, oh, yeah, Dad, I love this. I said, well, did you see these over here? <laughs> they said, uh-uh. So they all got different shoes. We got in the van and, and uh, went to go get something to eat. She said, where do y'all want to eat at? They all had three different places. Christy wasn't born here. All the, all, all because God had to give me more money before she come with me. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> the baby thinks they need everything. <laughs> and, and so uh, they all wanted something different. And I said, no, we're not doing that. We're just going to go over here. She said, well, why can't we? I said, what's up with you tonight? You know, the, she said, well, they, they want different things. And we don't have nowhere to be. And she said, and we have money. I said, yeah, okay. Is that necessary? Go to three different places? She says, yeah, I want to have some fun. <sighs> Guess what we did? How'd y'all know that? <laughs> All the men answered that. <laughs> of course we know what you did. We went to three different places, and they all, all did. On the way home, on the way home, I'll never forget this, because these are young kids. And it had been a difficult year. And they said on the way home, they said, Mama, how, how, did, we, how did we get this? Or how, 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 are we, how are we able to do this? And she told them the story of how God had blessed us. And they said, God did this? And she said, yeah. And they said, uh, this is a kid, eight years old now, eight, nine years old. They said what Dennis said at the beginning of the service. They said, he is good, isn't he? He is a good God. Now, that's just an eight-year-old reaction. But how could they see it? They could see he was being good to them and blessing them. And they all went to church that Sunday, and they all had money to give, and they all brought a tithe, and they acknowledged God. Huh? Get ready for a turnaround. Get ready for your turnaround. Get, get ready for your turnaround. Some of us, even though there's a word there, and I just shared with you 1998, it's almost, what, 18 years ago. The word was there, but do you see that there was, my, my thinking was still, uh, you know, 
we have this. Protect it! <laughs> because of what we've just been through. Oh, it's it's kind of like, how did you used to say that? Put it in a can. Uh, can, all you, uh, can all you get. Get all you can. Did you hear that? <laughs> get all you can. Can all you, can all you get. And sit on that can. That's the world. That's the world. And Jesus said, but you're not of the world. Huh? So when this started happening, we just started doing the business differently. And I said, well, this is my salary. So here's my tithe. This is my personal income. My company pays me. But that ain't this company. And so we started doing that. And man, that year, the business increased that first year's two hundred and something thousand dollars. And we weren't doing no contract business. We were just doing the little Miss Smith's kitchens and bedrooms of the world. Which I preferred them anyway, because they pay you when you get through the rest of them, you know. You know, you run them down for half a year. Hallelujah. So we gave away that which or we gave to the Lord that which looked necessary and that we, we, we really needed. And we did it from our heart. See, God loves a cheerful giver whose heart is in their giving. See, he didn't mention your head whose heart is in your giving. And if, you, if you're not the place to give it cheerfully, then just keep it. Amen. And God's not mad at you. There ain't no curse going to come on you. That's, that's old covenant. That's old covenant. But when you, but when you can't tithe or you don't tithe, Here's, here's what we're saying. I, I want to believe, because I, I want you to know I'm not criticizing you or condemning you. I want you to understand. I understand what, where, you, where you are, because I've been there. You want, so I want to believe. I know it's the word. I've done, went out there and done some things. But that's like people said, that, you know, I've had a lot of people pray for me, but I've never been healed, so they get discouraged by that. Well, does that mean healing don't work? No. And so, they say, I want to believe. I, I, I want to be a part. I want to do what God wants me to, but I'm just having a hard time, so I'm, I'm, I'm giving this, or I'm not giving anything. Well, if you did it in the restaurant, you come and ate, and you walked out, they, they're, they're going to arrest you. Hmm? Try it in a restaurant. This is called feeding the sheep. Go to Longhorns and try it and say, well, we just come to be fed, and we're, we're, we're not in a position to, to pay that right now, so we'll Maybe we'll see you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> You're going to get a free ride down to the, to the office, to the local jail, right? So it's, it, it's good and right. Now, so we, we take this and we take our tithe and we take our offering and, and we acknowledge God in this, right? We remember from where he brought us. Can you remember from, yeah. like, my, did you have a 1998 or even worse? You, you remember, or let's go back to that, when we weren't even saved. Look where he's brought you to. Look where he's brought you from. The, the, the reason I think he wants you to take time to do this is because in the word of it's time to increase, that means it's time to now as your church, the church and your family is to go to another level. To go into Canaan requires a whole different thinking than living in the wilderness. So you, so, you, so you have to change. There has to be a shift. There has to be a change because we don't live like this in Canaan. See, when, when you get to heaven, it's going to be the ultimate shift because you, you can't find earth problems in heaven. 
No one there is sick. No one needs a doctor. No one there is crippled. No, one's, no one takes shots or anything. No one needs a check. No one needs food stamps. No one's disabled. Huh? Why? Because the will of God's being done. And he said, but let it be done on earth the way it's being done in heaven. I mean, the, the first thing, when you get into the gates, you're going to be walking on transparent gold. I mean, you, you, gold. That ought to give you a little indication of how God thinks. You know, I don't think that in heaven we'll ever see sheetrock. I don't know, but I don't think so. Do you? I mean, if you build your streets with gold up to your house, if gold is your driveway, what does your house look like? Now, if you like it, I guess you can have it, but I don't know if God lets you because he don't want to bring down, the, you know, the heaven down to, yeah. If you have a gold driveway, you probably aren't going to be pulling up to a 60 by 70. Or, or even a double wide. Or anything like my house. Huh? I mean, it's going to be amazing. Can you imagine that? God wants to bring enough heaven into your life now so that when you get to heaven, you won't be so shocked. Huh? I used to, years ago in my 20s, we used to get in our car sometimes and go with couples. And we would go to Mountain Brook and other places to open houses, and we would look at a half million dollar homes and above. That's in my 20s. And we just, you know, we, we weren't there to buy anything, you understand? We were there to look. What was we doing? We was getting vision. And we was thinking, wow, wow, wow. I mean, Scott, have you ever worked in a house with an elevator? All the time, don't you? Because of where you work. I, I don't know any of those people, but I'm pretty sure they don't run a department at Walmart. <laughs> pretty sure. I don't know that. Hey, can, can, can you know, job, are you still in the job? You are working with another guy in a company, right? You are building a treehouse, right? Now, when I say treehouse, that's a loose term, right? But you've done other work for this guy, but now he wants a treehouse, right? What is the rough cost of this treehouse? Just roughly. $68,000 for a treehouse? Wonder how many years you're going to have a mortgage on 30 years? Where could you get a mortgage on a treehouse like that? Because, you know, they're going to like, you know, well, we need to know about this tree, how long it's going to be there. I'll, I'll, I mean, right? I mean, I would. But you know what most Christians would say about a, about a treehouse like that? Hmm? That's why preachers have always got a bad rap. See, if, if you run the company, it don't matter how much you make, you know, God bless me. But if I ever have very much, there's still another hungry child, another hungry child in the world who's got a swollen belly. Hmm? Exactly. Jesus said, you'll always have them with you. But you've got to be able to see something first and conceive it in your spirit for it to be. Amen. It's, it's got to be conceived in your spirit just like healing. You've you got to see yourself not sick anymore. Huh? You've you got to see yourself well and what it would look like to be able to function in your life and your body well. 
when you see it so clearly, it will start changing your thought process, which will change your words. When you change your words, you will change your life. When it comes out of your heart and not just your head. Brother Copeland said, you can't decide whether you're going to live in this life by words. You can't because God already determined that you're going to live by the words. What you can determine is what words you're going to live by. Amen. 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 That's it. Michelle, you got something?